Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, which is so exciting. When you listen to this, it will literally be like one hour after I've recorded it. So we're basically on a FaceTime call, realistically. That's the vibe. I hope you've all had a good week. This week has been better. It's been very busy. I've had 30 contact hours at uni and I worked six hours this week and it's just like a bit like, ah, but like it's going really well and I am finding my course so interesting, so interesting. I had two lectures this week on one on rabies and one on plague. So interesting. I, I'm going to tell you my facts. I feel like I just remember really weirdly specific things and I just can't keep them inside any longer. I've already told my housemates these multiple times. I've told my family these facts. Now it's time for me to share them with the world. Rabies. Did you know it makes you scared of water? If you get rabies, so rabies is given to you by the saliva of a dog or mainly dogs, but like you can get it from other things, but it's mainly dogs and it's a virus. And if someone, something with rabies bites you, there's quite a lot of rabies and I know there's a lot of rabies in Bali and this was a big thing because me and Louie were like I am not touching any of the dogs don't touch the monkeys don't touch any of the animals because there is such a wide like big rabies popu- like population there because it lives in straight like wild dogs mainly stray animals um and so if they bite you that obviously you get rabies you have seven days when you think you might not get the have the virus you just have like symptoms that are very normal and then it goes into rabies so you become manic you become you bite people you go like you go crazy it sends you manic um and one of the things it does like it sends you manic because it wants you to bite things because that's how it transmits through biting and that's another thing is it makes you really scared of water like really scared of water like hydrophobic how crazy is that because it changes the signaling pathways in your brain because it wants you to bite people and give them the disease and by drinking water you dilute the saliva and it's kept in the saliva I'm sorry, how clever is that? The virus manipulates our brain pathways to make you scared of water so you don't dilute it in your mouth. That blew my mind. Second interesting fact about plague. Did you know plague is still around? I am doing a degree in this and I didn't know plague is still around. Plague is still present. The Black Death. The Black Death. Not a little bit of plague. A lot of plague is still present around the globe in madagascar to be specific so madagascar is no longer one of my top 10 holiday destinations because there is plague what like the bubonic plague is in madagascar the black death it blew my mind i didn't think it was anywhere I thought we'd wiped out. No, it's just not here anymore. It's been in America at points. It's quite in China. It's mainly in Madagascar, though. That's that's the main position of the plague. And do you know why? Because it's in the rat population there. So the rats, when it starts... I think it's either when it's really dry or really wet. I can't remember. It's one or the other. When it gets really dry or really wet, not very helpful. Just skip out that part when you're telling the fact... The rat population increases. It brings the rat population into people's homes in Madagascar. And then they get the plague. for Because it, it transmits on the fleas. And then the fleas are biting the rats. And then they jump over to humans. They bite the human. They give them the plague. So yeah, God, I've learned a lot this week. Oh, we also had another lecture right now, actually. 
this will be my last, no, I'm not going to go into it because this is not a podcast about my degree where I just tell you all of the interesting things I've learned this week because I've learned so many. I have learned so many things, but yeah, rabies and plague are definitely up there on my to <gasps> have another thing. Okay, this is my last thing. My course mate was telling me about this theory that, so you know the Salem Witch Trials? I want to know more about that because I actually don't know that much about it and I want to know more. Um, the witch trials in the UK, I think, I think, I don't know a lot about this. I just know it from the plague point of view. So obviously a witch was classed as someone who was sweet with a sweeping, sweeping in their house with a cat and they had the cats to catch the rats. And so when they killed all of the cats and the women who they thought were witches, when they killed everyone, because that's what they did in the witch trials and they burned them. It's, I think it was really horrific. All of these women, they killed them. That then resulted in an epic, like, like the rat population grew massively because I found out this thing that rats, if they have, um, like too much food, if they have like a normal amount of food and normal amount of space and everything, a stable population exists. If all of a sudden they have a massively abundant population of like abundance of food, so for example, a lot of them died, they go into this hyper reproductive state where they reproduce over and over again really fast, resulting in like an like a rat epidemic basically like loads of rats are born and that's what they think was one of the drivers of the plague was the rat population booming because we killed all the women and cats because of the witch trials that there's definitely a link there how interesting how interesting but anyway i have now spoken about that for four minutes we should move on swiftly so what have i done this week Honestly, this week has been pretty intensive of uni work and just so many lectures, just so many lectures, an unnecessary amount of lectures. It's almost like they knew I had a week off coming and they just thought, you know what, we're just going to push you really hard, really, really, really hard. But I did go out for drinks on Friday and that was really nice. Oh, I went to the cinema on Monday as well. You probably saw it on my story because my housemate has a subscription with Dazed Um it's like a photography, because she does photojournalism, it's like a photography subscription thing, which means that she gets, like, really good deals, like, if any of your mates are into create, like, are a, a creative uni, um, see if they can get the subscription as well, because it's, like, five pounds a month, but you get so many good things through it, I mean, she's done it because you get your portfolio looked, back, looked at by their photographers, it's, like, a one-on-one help thing as well, but it also means you get access to all of their really cool events, and so we got to go to... I think this really nice cinema. I was not dressed in nice clothes, but it was a really nice cinema. And um, just go and watch this kind of like slasher movie on Halloween. And it was a really good film. I liked it. It was in Italian, which was always like, I don't, I will not watch subtitles. I would watch subtitles film at home, but I'm way better at watching them in the cinema because I don't get as distracted. And so that was really good. I really enjoyed that. And then the rest of the week, I was working a lot, a lot, a lot, just trying to get everything done. And then on Friday, I went out for drinks at my university, where you can literally buy a bottle of Prosecco for £14, a bottle of wine for £10. Like, I should have got beer, because I guess that would have been cheaper, but £7. And I was thinking it'll last me longer than a pint would last me, so that's good. And then 
I've just had yesterday, you know when you wake up and you don't let yourself properly wake up, I literally woke up and started doing work like straight away and that was a bad life choice because then it meant that I don't really feel like it was a Saturday, I felt like the day didn't really start and so me and my housemate went for a really nice big walk around London. We just kind of set off because we wanted to go to Spitalfields to go to The Ordinary. The Ordinary have 23% off now at the moment by the way so please go if you need to get something like it's on all months i'm gonna go back next week i just spent too much yesterday i got the um hyaluronic acid and niacinamide and the caffeine drops normally i don't get the caffeine drops but i just thought why not we're spending money why not treat ourselves all i needed was the hydro hyaluronic acid and the niacinamide and i got the big ones as well because they last so much longer um but yeah i got those and then we went for a little walk and we ended up just walking all the way to like the Tower of London just all along the Thames and into like Borough Market and everywhere and it was lovely it's just kind of weird that you can walk in a straight line and get to the centre of London from my house that is how geography works but I always find it I always find it a little bit crazy and then we came back and we watched and we made burgers they were incredible burgers um, and then then we watched Calendar Girls <sighs> guys it was heavy I cried from the get-go. From the get-go. Great film, though. I think you should all watch it today. It's on Prime. Please watch it. I think you'll all really enjoy it. It's like perfect Sunday night film. I'm going to watch the best, the best exotic Marigold Hotel or the most exotic Marigold Hotel. I'm going to watch that tonight anyway. And I'm just in like a British film type mood, you know? But Calendar for Girls is so great. And I think you should all watch it. I think you'd all really enjoy it. I actually don't know you all, but I think <laughs> I know one person would enjoy it. It's a great film. It's on Prime. Just watch it if you want like Sunday night classic. Feel good. Bit emotional. Release some crying emotions. Mwah. It's a great film. What's what else have I been watching? Literally nothing. Oh my god, I finished the watcher. Gonna explain that in new things this week. No comment. I need to keep my mouth shut. Um other than that, guys, not going to lie, it's raining all the time at the moment. It's a bit shit. It was raining all the time. It's literally turned to winter within two days. It was warm on Wednesday, and on Thursday, I had to wear gloves. It was not warm anymore. It's just raining all the time, which is annoying. And I didn't bring my waterproof jacket with me. Like a really smart person, all I brought with me was nice little jackets, nice little leather jackets. Not very helpful, Bella, when it's raining, so that's great, but... I should probably start with the topic of this week's podcast because you've now listened to me rant about my life for a full 10 minutes, which is impressive. You also stuck around for five minutes of facts about the plague. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so weird. <laughs> I just find it so interesting. I mean, that is good. It is my master's degree, so that is that is a positive. But, God, I need to get life. On to this week's podcast episode, which I'm excited about this content one because I think it's something that we all struggle with. But this week we are going to be talking about reinvention and moving to a new place and calling a new place home. Guys, how weird is this though? This podcast episode we're going to talk about like new beginnings, reinvention, moving somewhere, calling a new place home because I think it's something that a lot of us are struggling with at the moment. It's like settling into somewhere new and missing home and starting to start a new life somewhere and last night I had the weirdest dream. It was like a dream. We know where you wake up and you're like, thank God, that is not real. Because I had a dream that I gave birth. Um, I gave birth and I had a baby. 
but me and the baby were still attached with the at the umbilical cord. I don't know where I was. I wasn't in hospital. I wasn't anywhere. It was just me and the baby. And like, I was with people, but it was like no one that I know. Like, it wasn't anyone around me now. Like, it was no one I was close to. I don't know who they were. I think maybe my parents were there. I don't know, though. And I was in like a really nice place, but it wasn't a hospital. It was outside. And there was like an element of panic because I, I feel like there was a war or something going on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it. But what I do remember is that like there was me and the baby and we were just chilling and I was like googling how to uncut like an umbilical cord like what am I meant to do and I remember being like mum come and help me I don't know what to do and then we had to cut the umbilical cord and I had to do it and mm, that makes me feel dis mm, I can't think about the umbilical cord thing that makes me they gross me out not gonna lie they do gross me out quite a lot but not going to think about it because that is not what this week's podcast episode is about. This week's podcast episode, we are talking about change. We're talking about reinvention, moving somewhere new, as I said, because it's something, as we just said, that a lot of us are struggling with. And I think it's something that I can help you all with because I have done this a fair few times now. And I think it's an important, it's an important part of life. I think the first thing is that when you're starting to deal with going somewhere new, when you are going to go and change, it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that you are going to be leaving something that's very comfortable. When I think about the times that I've gone through, like, reinvention, sorry, I'm going to move and that's going to make a ruffling noise on the podcast, sorry guys. Um, So I went, I, I regret this, but I stayed at my sixth form for sixth form, no, I stayed at my school for sixth form, which meant I didn't really have to reinvent myself then. Which meant that when I went to invert, not meant I had to reinvent myself, but it didn't mean I had to go through like a new thing. Do you know what I mean? I just stayed because I was comfortable because I was too scared to leave. Literally, that's the real reason. And I should have left, but I didn't. Instant regret. We move. Um, I then, like I didn't leave. And so then when I went to Leeds Uni, that was the first time I've really got to reinventing myself. Like being able to have a change where no one really knew who I was and I could be whoever I wanted to be and I think it, this was the first time that I realized that you really every time you go into a new situation you can be whoever you want to be you can change and like you can change and if there's something you don't like about yourself you don't have to bring that into this new version of you you don't have to let it stick like it's really silly things but like I changed my name when I went to university I used to be called Izzy and like my best mate still calls me Izzy and like sometimes my sister does and it's just like a really old name but no one calls me Izzy anymore and if they did I'd find it really weird like it just makes me think of like the past makes me think of a past chapter like that's what my ex used to call me that's what like my old friends used to call me that's what I used to be called at school and I just don't like it's not now it doesn't feel like now anymore do you know what I mean so if I did get called that I'd find it really weird because I've gone through this period of reinvention I've gone through this period of getting to know who I am and who I want to be and choosing these things I think when you go through life when you're a kid, a lot of things you get labelled with and given, almost like you're told you are these things and so you become these things. But isn't it in these moments of like being able to reinvent yourself when you're more of an adult? Because you kind of just stumble through life as a kid. Like, let's be honest, no one's very active about. You just kind of stumble through and you're getting to know yourself because you're so young. But once you start getting older and you go into these new periods of like reinvention of finding who you are and who you want to be, because you're an adult, you get to actively think through these things. You get to decide who you want to be. And that's why I think dealing with moving somewhere new, 
I've almost started to treat like a bit of a game in the sense of like, what do I want to change? What do I want to change about my life? What am I not happy with? Because the thing is, if you are moving, there's something you're not happy about. There's something that you are not content with. And that might be you're not content with the job opportunities you can have. And so you're going to university to get different job opportunities. You're not content with your living situation. So you're taking a new job in a different city because you want to have a better living situation. Do you know what I mean? The reason you are moving is generally due to wanting a positive change about your life. I appreciate that's not always the way, but this is what I'm thinking about for me anyway. That's always been the reason why I've moved somewhere is the reason why I moved home after uni was because I needed to get enough money to then come to London. Like it was like a three-step plan and I had to go home. And in all of these periods of reinvention, then moving to London and becoming a new person here, each of these steps along the way there has been a positive, there has been a reason behind me needing to be here. Me going home after university, I found it really hard. Like, I'm going to be honest. It was shit. It was really hard. It was really, really hard. Especially because um, my boyfriend was at university. And so he was still having, like, a really fun time and everything. And I had just gone home to my hometown. And I felt so lonely in those first few months. I cried most days. Like, not going to lie to you. Maybe not most days, at least weekly, 100%. I stopped doing the podcast. I didn't do the podcast anymore for maybe like six weeks. I just felt like I had nothing to say and I didn't have anything interesting and I didn't want to talk to anyone. And it was my mum who was like, you're so much better when you do the podcast. Like, your mental health is so much better when you do it. So just do it and it doesn't matter. Like, you don't think about who you're doing it for or where it's going. Just think about you doing it for me like yourself and then it became this type of project that I was doing because I knew I needed a thing to look forward to and a thing to get me out of a rut and a thing to kind of be like this is what I do in my free time and I just felt like I was floating and I hated it I hated it and it was really like a negative experience but in that I learned a lot about myself so although sometimes change isn't always positive sometimes that changed you know what I know I said like I've always changed for a good thing that ultimately was I was changing for a good thing but it was lonely Guys, it was so lonely, but that's okay. And I think you've got to remember, if you are in a period of change, I think there's three different types of periods of change. There's the period where you're young and everything is new and exciting, and that's going to university for the first time. Or like the first thing you do is so new and exciting and kind of out there that you don't really know what's going to happen and everything is a new experience. So everything is exciting and different. You also make some probably bad choices because everything is a new experience. But like, you know, it's good. It's exciting. Then you have the second type of change, which is going back on yourself. Which isn't really going back on yourself because normally you're going back on yourself so you can leap forward again. Do you know what I mean? Like one step back, two steps forward. But it's hard. I think that type of change is really, really tricky I think it's probably the trickiest of the three. The third one being you're kind of more adult about these things. You know what you're going to expect, but you expect you're experiencing it from the second time with a different point of view and a bit more kind of knowledge about what's going to happen. And I think each of these different types of change pose their own benefits and difficulties. And I think it's the order that you go through them that kind of makes the third change so much more influential and better if that makes sense because the first time you go away from home the first time you do something you are going to feel so kind of like overwhelmed with everything that happens it's crazy when I went to Leeds for the first time 
it was intense. It was crazy. I'd never been clubbing before because I'm like a baby in the year. I'm born in August. I'd never been clubbing before or anything. So that was like all new to me. It was crazy, like pre's and everything. I'd never drank that much alcohol in one go. It was intense. It was very, very intensive. Um, but it ended up being that thing where I was like, I remember walking in and they'd be like, so what's your name? And I was like, Bella. And as I said, like I used to be called Izzy. And it was like this first kind of click in my head of, when you go to somewhere new, you can be anyone you want to be. When you go somewhere new, those shackles from your previous experiences are no longer on you. So just take everything you've learned and invest it into becoming a better version of your old self. Take everything that you've learned and put it somewhere new, if that makes sense. And I think that taught me a lot because by the third year, you think you're really grown up. You think you know everything. I was like, God, I feel like I'm finally, I'm leaving university just so I'm starting to get comfortable. And then I moved home and I found that very hard because now I'd invented this type of life for myself. I'd invented who kind of I was. I'd got into a routine at university and everything. And now I was just back at home and everyone else seemed to be doing things. It wasn't the pandemic anymore. Everyone else was doing things with their lives. And I was just at home and I was like, this is really, really hard. And I'd worked all summer. And you know, when you've worked for so long, you can probably hear the shower in the background now, I'm sorry. Um, but you've worked for so long that I was like, I just felt overwhelmed with the amount of work that was coming. And it was so disappointing. And I just didn't want to be there. I think that was the be all and end all of it. I didn't want to be there. But although this change was a step back, although this change was probably something that I didn't, I didn't want it to happen, I needed it to happen. And sometimes you have to go back to kind of regroup yourself so that you can go forward. Because I didn't realise how hard I had found university and how many ups and downs there had been. And I think especially with within that year of my final year of university, like ending a massive relationship then kind of like moving home, becoming close with my family again, working out who I was, like there was a lot of trauma there and then obviously meeting Louis and starting that new one that was so exciting but that's a big year, you know, that's a big year and I didn't really get to have a break from any of it and I think I didn't really get to, because obviously when you're breaking up with someone, you've broken up but you haven't really processed everything that happened within, do you know what I mean? Like, there's like events that you don't really process until years later and I think I needed that year to process those events because otherwise I would think I would have just become I think I'd have crumbled in this year because that last year being on my own has taught me so much because although you're alone at university like I was alone in Scarborough and I could have no friends do you know what I mean like there was not that many people that I could do things with all I could do really was go to work and it wasn't like in London or in the city when there's so many different people to meet and you can make friends you can make friends like it's not like it's fine there wasn't the people to make friends with so it was just lonely it was really lonely and those people that were there we were always all working so it was really tricky to ever meet up with anyone because we all had different shift patterns and so it was an isolating time and I don't think people talk about how lonely it can be when you really don't think you have anyone. Like, I literally remember being like, I do not think I have any friends. Genuinely, I do not have a friendship group, but that's okay. And I just spent a lot of time on my own, but because I spent a lot of time on my own, I started to create a relationship with myself 
where I could do things on my own. I took myself out for dinner for the first time. I would take myself out on little coffee dates. I would go and read my book. I would have like time for myself and I'd just do stuff on my own. And it built like this backbone of independence within me because now I know I get really overwhelmed if I don't have that time on my own. If I don't have that time where I'm just on my own, doing my own thing, having a bit of a break from the world, just kind of thinking through my thoughts, which is why I think I need the podcast so much. Like, I mainly, I, the main reason behind me doing this podcast is for me and my headspace because it clears it. And then if I share some things along the way that helps you guys, and that is great because if you can learn from my life lessons, then that is perfect. It means you don't all have to make the same mistakes twice. But I think that's the thing. Going home meant that I got to know who I was alone, but like alone in a more intense alone way than I'd ever been before. And I think the thing, do you know what? I think what made it worse was that in lockdown when I was on my own you couldn't see anyone and no one could see anyone so I like accepted that I was just me but then when I was at home everyone had people to go and see and I didn't have people to go and see and like my best friends and my boyfriend they weren't where we were anymore everyone had left Scarborough because they'd all gone to university and stuff and I was just like this is a bit shit but why did I have to go home? What was the thing? What was the reason for it? The reason for it was that I needed to save money for London. And I think this is it. All of these things that happen when you move to places, you're doing it because you want something to change in your life. And that fueled me and made me focus, made me be like, I really want to go to London next year. And I think it's made me appreciate being in London this year so much more. And one of the weird things about it is that I was like, I really want to go to London. And I really want to... Like, one of the things that was important for me moving to London was creating a bit more of a friendship group and a bit more of a social circle because I don't feel like I've properly had that before. I feel like I wanted, like, a stronger friendship group. And that's what I've really focused on creating here. And I found such lovely people. Like, my course mates are so lovely. And my housemates are, like, my best friends. And everyone is just... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's all coming together. And it's been something that I've really wanted for a while, just to kind of... Like, not everyone finds their friendship group straight away. And I didn't find my friendship group straight away. It's taken me years and years. I've always really struggled with friendships. And I don't know why. I've just really struggled with it. And so, actually now, like, having a friendship group that is my own. Because this has been something that's really important to me. Is that I don't rely on having a boyfriend to find my friends. You know what I mean? It's really important that I have my own life with my own people. And so that was a really big thing for me coming to London. So now when I was feeling sad about this change and struggling to settle in, I just try and focus on the fact that it's like, look where we were, because it wasn't that great. And like, I know this is hard, but this is so much better than living at home was. Because I think it's really easy to look back on where you were, look back at where you were beforehand with rose tinted glasses and remember it in a way that it wasn't actually like I was thinking the real the realistic side of things like of me living at home this time last year I remember one night December I probably didn't share this on the podcast I've become so much more open on the podcast which is kind of jokes considering it's got so much bigger but I've actually started opening up more but I feel like there's no judgment here (laughs) I hope there's no judgment (laughs) oh well I don't really care if there is or isn't um you can always turn off there's like I remember walking to work one day and just crying. Like, literal tears were walking down my face and I was crying. And it was, like, cold and dark. It was, like, a December morning. 
I just remember being like, I genuinely, my life cannot go in like this anymore. I can't do this. Like, I cannot. Something's going to have to change. And it's because I was working at a bar in the evenings and working in the day at Sainsbury's. So I was literally doing like an eight till four shift, come home, get changed, go to work for like 6.30, 7, 7 till 1 a.m., come back, go to sleep, sleep, have a day, then go to work, do the shift, go to work the next day at 8 a.m. So I was working like 30 hours a week, which wasn't even crazy, but it was just such an unsociable hours pattern. It was awful. And so I ended up having to drop out of the bar because I just couldn't do it anymore. But these were the good things that happened because... Because of that, I then got the Sainsbury's internship at the tech place. And because of that, I had enough money to come to London. So do you know what I mean? It all worked out in the end. It all, there was always a reason behind what I was doing. This is my kind of like also trusting in the process of even if I'm not happy right now, I know at one point I will be. And I know that this sits right with me. And I think this is the other thing when you're dealing with change is knowing when it's good change or bad change. I knew that this course was going to be right for me. I knew it was. I knew that London was going to be right. I just had a very strong feeling about it. It sounds cringe, but it's true. I just had a very good feeling about coming to London. I just knew that this was the next path. This was the next thing. And like after this, I kind of have an idea of what my next thing will be. And it's exciting. But I always knew that it would be like home, then Leeds, then London. I knew I needed a stepping stone between London. But I, though I, I always knew that London was the city that I just feel so happy and I just like I love it I love it so much the city and I always knew this was kind of like the next step for me and I think this is the thing I've always had quite like a strong idea about things that will make me feel good and I think I'm also quite aware in the moment of the rose tinted glasses thing because you will remember the thing that you're looking back on as better than it actually is it probably wasn't that good you know like it probably really wasn't that great like when you think back to the time that you're missing I think this is the thing when you're in the new experiencing and you're finding it really hard you're looking back on the things that you're missing as if you can't have them now a lot of the things when people move to new places they really miss their social circle and their kind of support group but that doesn't mean that you can't have it where you are you just need to find it. it just means you haven't found it yet it doesn't mean it's not coming I think we're quite quick to decide if something hasn't happened yet then it's never going to happen and by doing that you kind of start to think like you stop putting effort into that area of your life you stop thinking that it's a possibility you stop thinking that new people you meet could be that person because you just automatically assume that it's not going to happen and then you close yourself off to so many people and so many like ways that that could be your support group and I think that that's really really hard but I think this is the other thing about when you're moving somewhere new The other thing that you miss from home as well is this need to create new routine. Like, you miss the routines of your old life. Not only do you miss the social circle and the kind of support network, but you miss the routine because it was easy, because you didn't have to think about it anymore. And this is the other thing that I've really learned about moving somewhere new, is creating new routines in the place that you're at. I know for me at the moment, I wake up, I do Pilates workout, I get in the shower and then I go to, like, do you know what I mean? This is my new routine here. And having that bit of routine and bit of structure has made this feel so much easier settling in and has made the transition so much easier because you need something to cling to because everything around you is changing. Everything around you is changing. So you have to be able to cling to something. You have to have some type of routine. And so having that routine You need to be implementing that routine yourself. Otherwise, you're going to feel like you're floating and it can feel really, really overwhelming. And I think the thing to remember that it is all right to miss home. It is all right to miss the thing you were at before. 
It is okay, but there is a reason behind why you want to change. There's a reason why you are here. And usually it's because you want a positive end result. And I think that's the thing to really focus on. There's a reason behind you being here. There's a reason behind you having to change where you are because you wanted something bigger. And I think that's really, really important to focus on. It's very easy to become kind of like overwhelmed with these like sad thoughts and not knowing where you're going and missing your home. And I think you've just got to realise that this is setting you onto so much of a more exciting path than the other path was and that's why you've done it and it's okay to find it hard and it's okay to find it hard to settle in it's okay to miss your family because everyone is going through that every it's so normal everyone's homesick guys you're not on your own i've literally been homesick so many times i cried the other night because i missed my parents like it's normal they're your parents they're your family it's okay to be homesick they're your friends it's fine to miss them but right now, what you're doing for future you is really, really exciting. I also think the other thing, just like fake it till you make it, because I have realised my confidence thing, I fake it. Like, I would be really nervous, really nervous, really nervous. Then if you were like, right, you have to go speak in front of a thousand people, I would be fine. I know I would be fine. Because I would go up there and I wouldn't feel nervous anymore because I almost feel like I'm acting like it's not really me and I'm just fully faking confidence fully faking confidence and I think that's why I'm okay at public speaking because I don't really get I get nervous beforehand I think I'm gonna throw up beforehand then I get there and I'm like right well it's not really me I'm just talking in front of people it's kind of jokes I, I just find it like acting and that would be my biggest thing of whilst you're going through this period of change where you're able to reinvent yourself work like use this as an opportunity guys use this as a massive opportunity to get to know yourself and put out the person that you really want to be okay you can be anyone you want to be the shackles are off okay you don't have to stick with the old you you can be anyone that you want to be so please take advantage of it turn it into a bit of a game who do you want to be what do you want to try out today who do you want to be i don't like you can use this as a massive opportunity change your name i changed my name i didn't like my old name changed it love my new name okay <laughs> you can change it if you want to you're not stuck with the old things and I think this is what makes change so exciting and so important as you're growing up because you go through so many lessons and there's so many ways of getting to know yourself and exploring who you are and you find out so much about yourself that if you stayed to the same character types as when you were 14 15 16 you'd be so limited You'd be so limited and this is why I think it's so important to go through these periods of movement and changing where you live and everything because they teach you so much about yourself and they let you put forward the version of you that you really like and I think that's what makes change so important. So please be compassionate with yourself if you are going through this big kind of like trying to settle in somewhere new. It is hard and it is overwhelming but everyone is feeling the exact same way. Please start like implementing a few routines into your life because you will feel better, I promise. But you just kind of have to also remember that you changed for a reason. There was something wrong in the period of life that you were in and that's why you're here now. And that's what makes this so exciting. But I've probably ranted about this for long enough now. So on to the new things I've done this week. Guys, I forgot about the question part of the podcast. So I'm going to do this very, very quickly because I have to go and do some work. We're going to clean the house today and I am excited. Let me tell you that. Um, first question. I am anxious about moving. Let me read it. Moving somewhere new for the first time. I have a lot of anxiety about it. Looking forward to it. 
well, this is the correct podcast episode for you. I think moving somewhere for the first time, literally the entire podcast episode answers your question. You've got a full 40 minute episode to listen to. I think if you've got this far, the biggest things I need you to take away is the fact that being able to move somewhere new is a period for reinvention. You get to choose who you want to be. You get to choose who you are going forward. You get to take things about yourself that you like. You get to leave things that you don't like. You get to become whoever you want to be. So see, this is the fat biggest opportunity for change it's the biggest project you're ever going to undertake is developing who you are and this is a massive step in the right direction do you know what I mean this is a new chapter and it's very exciting and I think also remembering like focusing on like I am changing because blah 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 blah. I'm changing because like my one was like I'm moving to London because I cannot stay at home forever I'm moving to London because of that and that was massively helpful for me like focusing on the reason why Is it okay if we fall in love just in a couple of days of meeting? I mean, there's no rules. There's no rules. You can fall in love whenever you want to fall in love. I think I'm probably wary of falling in love super fast, but I also think you also have a, like, you know. You know when you meet someone, when you feel really comfortable with them, when you feel really comfortable in their presence. So I don't think there's a problem in it. I just think there's, like, don't... My only advice would be if you do fall in love really fast and like it happens and that is incredible and stuff, but don't get, make sure you're not being love bombed, which is where you're kind of told this really, like Google it because I don't know the exact thing, but I know people have told me about it and it's when it's happened sometimes and they've fallen in love really, really fast. I'm going to Google it for a sec. Okay, so being love bombed is when people do like really intense over the top gestures as soon as you're about to meet. So they're bombing you with so much love. And normally it can lead to quite a lot of manipulation because then they have this kind of like hold over you because you think that they really love you and they end up not. So just be wary. This is like Mrs. Negative over here. And I'm sure that is not the case in the slightest, but I just don't want you to get hurt. I'd say just be wary of that. But I think the biggest thing in it all is making sure that even if you do fall in love really fast and everything, Don't lose who you are. Don't lose your friendships. Don't lose having that time on your own. Don't become so totally obsessed with each other that you don't know who you are anymore. Because when you're in the honeymoon period of a relationship, it's so easy to become so infatuated with each other, which is such a lovely part of the relationship, getting to know someone new. But make sure that you still know who you are. That's the main thing. I think that's the only real issue. The issue isn't in falling in love really fast within a few days of meeting. The issue is losing yourself in that process. So as long as you make sure that that doesn't happen you should be okay because then if anything does happen I also think you're better able to kind of cope if that makes sense you're better able to get through it okay the last question that I had was um tips to get over a relationship where you are not getting emotional support I think this kind of depends like when you're not getting some emotional support it depends like so have you left your you've left I'm guessing you've gone through a breakup and there's no one there to support you or help you. I mean, I went through a breakup in lockdown. So I feel you. It was shit. It was so shit. But I think when you're not thinking you're getting emotional support, like, what did I do? I probably, like, went on this self-healing growth journey where I literally made myself do so many things. I read so many books. I I think my tips for getting over a breakup if you're not getting emotional support like this is such a my brain way of doing it but I literally turned myself into a project I gave myself a reading list I gave myself assignments I was like okay we're gonna journal about this today we're gonna journal about this we're gonna journal about this I'm gonna read this book about like breaking up I'm gonna learn about like attachment styles and there were so many different things I learned about um 
that made me going through the breakup feel a bit more like a project which made it easier to get through but I was really lucky in that I was living at home in that period of time so that made it easier which meant I didn't have to think about work I didn't have to think about um like the food shop things like that do you know what I mean because it was the pandemic I'd moved home for that and I was going through the breakup in the pandemic and so in a weird way it was probably one of the worst and best things that ever happened to me it was really hard but it meant that I actually had to deal with everything and I think that meant overall more positive experience it gave me quite like a good outlook on things now um and I know that's not always possible when you have work and everything going on but I think the best thing you can do is turn it into a project make yourself kind of be like okay I have to do this for myself now and so I'm I could recommend some books I can't really think of any right now um but there's so many breakup books out there that are really really good and podcasts listen to the breakup series as well if you haven't listened to that because I think I talk about that like getting over a breakup a lot in episode three so definitely listen to that but I think also accepting that ultimately even if you do have emotional support it does make it easier but you are the one that has to get yourself through it and out of it that's all it comes from you and there's a lot of strength in that and that you can do this you are totally capable of doing this I promise you can do it it's hard, but it just takes time. Also, it does take time. I think sometimes we think it's going to happen really fast. Literally, it doesn't happen fast. There's so much trauma in breakups that years later, you can still be hurt by them. Like Even when you've moved on, you're still going to be elements of it that you're just like, wow, that was really shit. That was wank. Like I was talking to my course mates about it and they're like, God, that is horrific. I was explaining to some things that happened. They're like, God, that is awful. That is actually horrific. And I was like reflecting on it. I was like, yeah, it's really bad. It was really, really bad. But you do get through it. I think this is the thing. Humans are very resilient. And you forget this. We're very, very resilient. You will get through it. It does get better. I promise. But I'm sending you a lot of love because breakups are shit. So for the final part of this week's episode is the new things that I've done this week. And main thing, not going to lie, is I've started, I started and finished The Watcher wow what an experience I don't want to spoil it because I think a lot of you are probably still watching it I thought the ending was excellent and I don't know what you're all talking about skip like a bit because I might talk about it now oh god I'm just it was a bit of a shocking ending it was a bit of a shocking ending I actually don't know whether to talk about this or not because I don't want to spoil it all for you I might talk about this next week because I feel like a lot of you will not have watched it but let me just say if I Right, if, you, if you're watching it, please skip. Just end the podcast now. I'm going to talk about it. Right. These people... Make sure you've skipped. I'm now going to speak. These people have these people watching their house and they get these really creepy letters and everything. It turns out they're not the only one it's gone through. And then they find, like, tunnels under their house. And, like, it leads to a bedroom. And they straight up... All they do is they board up the tunnel. And me and my housemates were chatting about this. And I was like, if I found a tunnel underneath our house that led to someone's fucking bedroom... The police would be down there. The FBI would be down there. There would be nothing that would stop me finding out who it was in the slightest. I would be knowing who that was. Absolutely. So I found like some of that unbelievable because I just think that's not really what would happen. Like you wouldn't just board it up and think that nothing's there. You'd find it really weird that there was tunnels in a bedroom. I don't know. I just don't think that's realistic. But I did enjoy it as a series. I thought it was very well done. I was like on the... I was gripped... I was like, watched it when I was drunk on Friday night and I was holding my two housemates' hand like tightly. We were all sat on the sofa and it was intense. Um, but I really enjoyed it and would recommend other new things I've done this week. Oh, I started reading one day. Apparently it's really emotional and I'm scared. 
I am nervous about what I have started, but I think it's going to be really great. But as I said, we're going to start a book club, I think. And so I think my idea for the book club is if we all read one day and then maybe like every two weeks I'll do like a little what I'm thinking about it so far. And I think for the time being, this is all I can really manage because I don't know who's actually doing it. And then like I'll put out some feelers, we'll find out what's going on and we'll have a like better plan for December. But I think at the moment, one day is the one that I'm going to read for this month. I think it's going to be really good and I think it'd be a really good one to chat about. I might, you know, what about this is an idea? Once a month, there's just a podcast episode about a book that's like an extra podcast episode. I don't know when I'd fit that in, but like, you know, potentially, hypothetically speaking, it's about the book that I've read and like, hopefully you guys will have read that too and then we can have a little bit of a chat about it. Maybe a live on Instagram, I don't know. We'll work it out, but definitely something to come to. But anyway, I need to leave because I have to edit this and post it within the next hour, within the next 20 minutes, which is not humanly possible. I hope you're having a lovely week and I'll speak to you soon. Make sure if you are not, you'll follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod. And if possible, if you can give me a review, it massively helps more people find me. And if you press subscribe, it means that, um, again, my podcast pops up on so many other people's which makes our community so much bigger and really really helps me out thank you for listening and i hope you have a lovely week speak to you soon bye